from Studio 6B. <laughs> a rough Thursday start here. Man. Not prepared for how quickly this show comes up. Uh, on a Thursday, John Solomon's going to join us. Yeah, I on was a Thursday. Just, just on the phone with him. That's what. That's really what threw me off. Yeah, I'm so surprised how quickly the show came up on a Thursday. You only had three days to prepare. <laughs> I don't even have my ears in. Oh, my God. What a disaster start this is. All right. Now, I, oh, I can hear myself. Sound All good. Right. All right. Looks good. good. Look at you. Oh, look at Slick Rick in the green tonight. Oh, oh baby, come on. Look at that. Come look on. at him. Million bucks. <laughs> Slick Rick looks like a million bucks. I like that right there. Slick Rick, how are you? I look bankrupt. No. I, I, <laughs> like the country. <laughs> I'm filing, Big D. Yeah, the country. The country's spending too much green. Exactly. <laughs> you're uh, you're wearing the green, baby. It's a lot of ash girl, man. Yeah, yeah, good always, as always. I got my hair not quite in the same level, but I got my hair on the highway. Oh, Harry on the that? highway shirt on. Look at That's, that. You know what? That's pretty cool. You know what that, that looks nice. like? It looks like a, like a 70s uh, rock band. It looks like that, that t-shirt, magazine, right? The magazine Right On. I probably yeah, before you guys. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it looks 70s. like. Right On. Slick Rick's wearing 2400 <laughs> Big D's wearing $24. Nice. <laughs> Rick Delgado's here. Uh, how are you? I am green with envy. <laughs> exactly. Look at this guy. Oh yeah. my God. You got to see his shoes. Oh, they the gotta, shoes. They got to get the numbers for that, baby. Holy moly. I didn't think that was possible. Well, baby. hopefully. Oh, they got to get the numbers for that, Slick Rick. It's already laid down the gauntlet here. The, so the we'll shoes see. have only been shown once on this show in all these years. I, and I don't really? even remember that. Man. Okay, very so, good. I'm going to have news about a gentleman who just came out of a tree from making, uh, from making cookies. His name is uh, Slick Rick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a lot of stuff today. Like what? I did show prep. You'd be proud of it. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Wow, that's a change. A show. Big Thursday night show here. Right. Live I had three days to prepare, prepare for it. We have um, show prep. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have another uh, installment of I Didn't Kill Myself News, the Jeffrey Epstein edition. <laughs> oh, God. I've got more. Uh-huh. Believe it or not, there is more. And I have a theory to go along with it. Okay. I have a theory um, that might not be as crazy as some of the other things I've said in the past. You've said something crazy? Well, I was going to no. say, that's not a high bar because... No, I not mean, at all. Of course not. All right. Very good. Uh, John Solomon is going to join us here pretty soon. Now, what is he talking about? Well, he's got a busy night because we're going to talk about his new book, his children's book, which is out, which looks fantastic. Cool. I have many things to report here tonight. So number one, John Solomon's coming on. We're going to talk about his new children's book, which looks great, right. about the First Amendment and kids. And that's a great idea already. Uh, because instead of these kids getting indoctrinated, let's let's teach them something about the Constitution, and that's uh, that sounds good already. So we'll talk to John about that. John has breaking news tonight. Breaking news tonight in Just the News, just out, literally 10 minutes ago. Ex-CIA boss told colleague Hunter Biden laptop letter, you know, the 51 yep. experts. Yep. A talking point, quote unquote, to help Joe Biden at the debate. Hey. So all these slime balls sitting around basically going, oh, man, what are we going to do here? Trump is going to be all over this pop pop. He can barely uh, complete sentences anyways. We got all this stuff about uh, his son and the laptop. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do? We've got this debate tonight. The guy's going to get crushed. we got to give him something. Right. We already got the media in our back pocket, so we know what the questions are going to be already. we got the idiot from NBC who's going to uh, uh, do this interview. What can we do? What can we do? we got to give the old guy something to point to. It's the old wrap-up smear deal again. 
And, of course, it's still the same wrap-up spear. They got, they got to give them something to point to. And that was Mike Morrell's job. Right. And when he needed to get that job done, who did he call? Well, there was a, there was a bunch of weasels he could have called, but who he called was James Clapper. I'm sorry, John Brennan. And Cloud, they're all the same. Yeah, What's the, the difference? They're, they're interchangeable. They're all weasels. Um, and I feel like that would fall into the section of news called election interference, right? Is that, that's what it sounds like. It sure does. More and more every day. Uh, Mike Morrell's candid admission that the letter from the 51 experts would be used to, quote, to push back on Trump, end quote, exposes political nature of the effort, experts say. Well, you don't even need to be an expert to say that. Just look at the, look at the fact pattern, look at the facts. All these lying weasels, every one of them up and down the line. And this was in an email exchange between Morell and John Brennan. And of course, as we learned, not to anyone's surprise, John Brennan, the, the favorite of all the talking shows back then. Do you think about how many times we saw John Brennan on CNN more than we saw Michael Avenatti? We saw these guys on more things. He was the, their favorite talking head uh, because it was usually something to trash Trump, support Biden, or put something out there like this that, that Biden could point to and the rest of the media could point to and say, oh, look. See? Orange man bad doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. We should listen to the guy who directs everybody that we pay to lie for a living. Huh? Right. Yeah. Spies. So this email exchange between Morell and Brennan back in October of 2020. So you're a month out from the election. A month out. And he basically said to Brennan, hey, uh, here's what I'm doing to try to combat this uh, laptop and to combat the fact that Pop Pop's going to go up on the stage and, um, you know, he's going to get sandbagged and he's going to get nervous and he's not going to know what to say if we don't give him something to point to. Something to take the pressure off of the onslaught of they knew was coming of President Trump, who rightly was going to spend the time on this. And we've seen the polls about the American people. If the American people had the full story on this, their outlook on that election would have changed. We've seen the polling on this. So he says to him basically that, um, hey, I'm organizing a letter and we're going to get these 51 Intel experts to basically sign off claiming the emergence of this laptop is Russian and in a Russian influence operation to influence the election for Donald Trump. Because we got to give the campaign some kind of talking point to push back on this guy tonight. So this is what we're going to do. Are you on board? Well, guess what? Well, of course he's on board. Yeah. Of course, he thinks it's the greatest thing he's ever heard. No, wor no worry about what it does to the country. No worry about, um, again, just in your face. At least that's what they were thinking back then. Yeah. They don't care about the repercussions or who's, oh, by the time they find out about this, well, who cares? That's what, that's what they're thinking. So here's what we're doing, pal. I'm going to put this letter out because Pop-Pop Pop needs something to point to. So we need the old wrap-up smear like Nancy told us. Put something out, let the media run with it, and then you point to it and go, what are you talking about? Look at this. Yeah. This is the media saying this. You know, it's got to be true. 51, 51 Intel. Uh, 51, Intel. no less. Not 50. 51. Let me remind you of what this looked like. Aaron, put my screen up. 
This is what it looked like when Pop Pop got his little golden parachute. Nobody. Hey, President Trump, I want to stay hell. on the issue Excuse of race. Me. We're Take talking about the, the issue. Okay, so already you see the media running cover. I want to stay right. on the lap. I want to stay on the uh, topic. Now listen to Biden when he says I want to respond. She goes, oh, go right ahead. From hell. President Trump, Nobody. we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on oh. the issue of race. Watch. President Trump, you've I have just... to respond to that. Please. Because look, Very there are 50 right former <laughs> national intelligence folks. Oh. who said that what this he's accusing me of uh -huh. is a Russian plant. Ah. They have said that this is, has all the four, five former heads of the CIA, oh. both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is oh, now yeah. another Russia, Russia? So there you go. Yeah. There it is. Please welcome the um, editor-in-chief, the great John Solomon from Just the News, who broke this story at 749. Mr. Solomon, how are you? I am well, guys. Good to be with you. So um, I don't know if you heard everything I was talking about, but basically Pop-Pop's going to get on the stage. We know he's going to get hammered. We know Trump's going to bring this. We've got to give him something. The old wrap-up smear that Nancy Pelosi told us about a long time ago. Put it out there, let the media run with it, and then point to it as the thing to say, no, 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 look at this right here. So Morell goes to Brennan. Yeah. Brennan is very happy to sign on. Tell us what else we know. I want to read you this quote. It just came into me just 30 seconds ago. It's from the former intelligence chief of the FBI. By the way, not a signatory to the letter. One of the most respected people in the intelligence community. He was the very first intelligence chief of the FBI. So he's been around. He's got credentials on the Republican, the Democrat, independent side. This wasn't just a talking point to toss back at Trump. It was a premeditated and admitted lie to the American people designed specifically to deceive and hide the truth. And for what? To help elect a politician, question mark? What a steep and sad cost to the soul for such a meager goal. What a powerful rebuke to what we now know. Let's think of what the last two years, we've been told time and time again, that whether there was evidence or not, the laptop, that these 51 just had a good intention. They were trying to be good patriots, warning the Americans off to something that looked like a Russian information or Russian disinformation campaign. What do we know it is now? We now know it was a purely political event instigated and coordinated by the Biden campaign, and more importantly, intended to give, uh, as this email that we broke tonight says, intended to give Joe Biden a cheap talking point to counter Donald Trump. Now, I want to put this in perspective. The email you have up, the email we just made public, the one that we're just referencing, is between two former CIA directors, Michael Morell, John Brennan. They both worked under uh, President Barack Obama. These are men who got their bona fides and credentials from the American taxpayer, from the trust of the American taxpayer to run our intelligence community. Both of them are steeped in the tactics known as PSYOPs, or intelligence warfare, or as some people say in layman's terms, the creation of false realities to help America win wars and propaganda and other things. These two men were willing to apply those tactics, the illusion or creation of false reality that somehow the laptop was a Russian disinformation operation. By the way, without any basis for it. There's nothing in the letter that proves it. The DNI says there was no evidence. And more importantly, the FBI had the laptop and had already corroborated its contents going back to December 2019. These two men took tactics that the intelligence community developed at a taxpayer expense to fight our enemies, and they turned it against the American people to deceive us, to keep us from making a full informed decision about Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Donald Trump just before the 2020 election. That's what happened when Joe Biden whips that out. 
it's a, already been coordinated with the campaign. Mike Merle admits that's what he wanted Joe Biden to be able to do. And this creation of a false reality, this very carefully crafted worded letter, was designed to trick us into thinking something bad had happened with the laptop when, in fact, the only thing bad about the laptop was the proof that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden had an influence peddling scheme going on. It really is a very grave moment to absorb this email and see this. Two CIA directors emailing each other with impunity, realizing that their goal here was to influence the American people in an election using their CIA bona fides. And here it is, the emails, we have it on the screen right now. And just for anyone who mm -hmm. hasn't heard, I haven't gotten that far in the article yet, but here, here it is. Mike Morrell says to John Brennan, John, can I add your name to this list? We will be adding Leon, meaning Panetta, I assume, right. Sue Gordon, Jay right. Johnson, who I just saw on TV today talking about the border, right. Uh, right. George, Lisa Monaco, and Mike Rogers, who uh, Mike Rogers ended up not signing on to this, John, right? Actually, two Mike Rogers, signed, uh, one signed on to it, a former uh, House Intelligence Committee chairman. The other, the former NSA director, did not sign on to it. And listen, I've talked to some people like Dan Hoffman, former CIA station chief, our premier expert in Russian disinformation. He was our CIA guy in Moscow. I asked him a long time ago, about a year and a half ago, why didn't you sign this? They certainly approached you. Oh, they approached me. Why didn't you sign it? Because there wasn't an iota of evidence to back up. I wasn't going to sign my name to something for which there was no proof. So there are people in the intelligence community that take their bona fides seriously, that won't sign something just to create political effect. They actually want the evidence if they're going to put their name to it. Uh, and I think that's what Kevin Brock, the former FBI chief who just sent me the statement, is getting at. Why would people that got their bona fides from we, the American people, our tax dollars, our intelligence authorities, why would they use information to deceive us to help one candidate over the other? It's, it's just something that maybe 20 years ago would be unimaginable in, in American politics. So where does Tony Blinken now stand in this? He's kind of tried to distance himself, said, yeah. uh, so <laughs> does this, um, I guess this specific email doesn't mention him or bring him any closer to it, but where do you think we stand with him? Yeah. My good friend, uh, Sean uh, Blinken, like, uh, uh, Sean uh, Handy likes to call him Winkin' Blinken. I think he's Winkin' Bobbin' Blinken now, right? He, he's Bobbin', he's Bobbin'. He did the rope-a-dope on us yeah. the other day. What did he say? Um, he said, it wasn't my idea, this letter. No one accused you of having the idea. You've been accused of instigating it, putting it in motion. And let me tell you something that most of the media are ignoring. This is so important. Real America's Voice got this right. Just the News got this right. Tony Blinken doesn't just make the call that Mike Morrell uses in his own word, triggered the letter, right? That's Mike Morrell. Mike Morrell said, hey, uh, he didn't ask me to do it, but he triggered the idea for me to do it, all right? But a few hours after that call, Tony Blinken sends an email to uh, Mike Morrell. It's the payload that makes the letter explosive. It's an article from USA Today, by the way, an article that isn't true. Uh, it said the FBI thought this might be a disinformation campaign. No, it didn't. The FBI knew the laptop was real already. It had the laptop. But let's set that aside that USA Today was wrong because we know the media is often wrong, right? Uh, the, uh, uh, Blinken sends the article that then gives Morrell the ability to say this isn't just a Russian information affirmation, which means a Russian operation that could be true, but trying to influence Americans. It's a Russian disinformation operation, which, by the way, is what all the media globbed onto, right? All the censors, the big tech people, Twitter, they globbed onto that concept that this was Russian disinformation. Tony Blinken's the guy that sends it to Mike Morrell. He can bob and weave and blink all he wants. He played a major role in this, and he doesn't want to own up to it. Why? Because it's as hideous as we now know in this email. This was an effort to deceive the American people. Shameful.
Yeah, the the intent of all of this is really tremendous in all of this. And, you know, last time you were on last week, I guess, it seems like we get something breaking now every couple of days with Biden and, and the people around him. Yeah. We talked about the fact that there seemed to be more whistleblowers coming forward and good and good for that. And now we have another one. Um, sure do. Not to move off this topic. Again, this isn't just the news tonight. Everybody, 749, it broke. Ex-CIA boss told colleague Hunter Biden laptop letter a talking point. Go read it. It's already on all of our social media. But while I have you, John, before we get to your great book, I want to talk to you about as well. But let's just oh, talk thanks. about um, this FBI form that we we got. Yeah. Well, well, before we finish, so what does Jim Jordan do now with this? Is this what happens from here? Well, listen, he has a lot of leverage. He's demanding that Anthony Blinken, as is the House Intelligence Committee chairman, Mike Turner, they're demanding that Anthony Blinken answer questions under oath. You've got to give us responses and give us documents. It's going to be uncomfortable for Anthony Blinken because he has this thing, and Mike Morrell's documents keep eking out, and they're boxing in Blinken. It looks like Blinken ain't really giving us an honest account, right? At least at least Mike Morrell, when he went in, admitted the truth. Listen, I was trying to help Joe Biden win the election. I was trying to influence the election. I coordinated with the campaign. You got me. Tony Blinken's still doing the rope-a-dope, right? He's doing the bad version of the diplomatic Muhammad Ali, and he's bouncing around the ring, trying to hope we're not going to figure this out. The American people have figured this out already. But Blinken has another problem. It starts with Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley, because just before the Senate approved Blinken to be our chief diplomat, Secretary of State for Joe Biden, shortly after this whole letter mirage thing that he helped trigger, according to Mike Morrell, he was asked something very specific. Did you ever email or correspond with Hunter Biden? And he said, no. Did you ever text with Hunter Biden? No, I had one meeting with him. We mourned, um, we mourned uh, Bo Biden's loss. Not sure that's really what went on in the meeting, but we'll, we'll get to that later. But um, now Chuck Grassley and John, Ron Johnson said, Mr. Secretary, you lied. Here's a text message. Here's an email. And oh, by the way, your wife, who also worked with you at the State Bar, she also was corresponding with Hunter Biden. You lied to us. Now we don't trust you anymore. Go get all documents you ever have of any contact with Hunter Biden. Send it to us. This is going to get very uncomfortable, Blinken. It's a double-sided attack, both times challenging his credibility. And what's really important here is that Tony Blinken is our chief diplomat, right? He has to have... Uh, the trust of people when he's dealing with both our adversaries and our allies have to trust him. And we now know that he and his crony friends in the intelligence committee were willing to accuse a nuclear armed superpower, i.e. Russia, of meddling in our election, knowing it wasn't true, knowing it was just a talking point, knowing that there wasn't an iota of evidence. How does he go have another conversation with his counterpart in Russia or Ukraine or Israel? Because they're thinking, hey, are you going to do that to us someday? Blinken is handicapped by these allegations now surfacing. Maybe the Democratic media in America will protect him a little bit, but there are people, world leaders I've talked to since I broke this story two weeks ago, that say, you know what? I'm kind of creeped out about dealing with this guy. I don't, mm. I don't feel good about this. Yeah. That's a real problem for the Biden administration at a very turbulent time in our world. Yeah. All right. FBI Form 1023, uh, yeah. a secret source report basically memorizing information between a clandestine source, right, and an FBI agent. So this is the form. That supposedly now the FBI has been sitting on unclassified, which I thought was the key word in all of this, because, yeah. right. uh, well, let me give you a, let me ask you a very basic question. What's the percentage you I asked the audience that came in last night at zero percent. What's the percentage yeah. you put on that anyone actually gets this document before number either it disappears oh. or it's classified or they just don't. Yeah. They say, yeah, we're not turning it over. 
I think there's a very good chance that they will get this. There are two possibilities, right? The first thing is to force Chris Ray to do it, which is what the subpoena does. I don't think Chris Ray is itching for a fight right now to protect Joe Biden. He's got bigger fish to fry. He's got to get Section 702 warrantless spying approved. He needs friends in Congress, not enemies. And Jim Jordan is one of those people he needs to be on his side. I don't think he's going to. Uh, I think he'll probably most likely give it up because, by the way, the courts have made it clear. If there's a, a constitutional reason for Congress to have it, you got to give it up anyway. So why go through the fight and alienate people? And by the way, you know from uh, uh, Grassley and Comer's letter and Jim Jordan's uh, uh, statements today, the FBI, the, these whistleblowers already told them what's in it. They already know what's in it. So you're not going to fool the Congress. I think they'll actually give it up. I don't think it'll get, it won't get disappeared from. There are things that have disappeared. This isn't one that's going to disappear. Do you know, I, do we know, is it drafted, is it recent or was it drafted when I he was I know a lot VP. about this. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, uh, Let's go walk through the real specifics of what we know and how we know it. That's always really helpful for people. What is a Form 1023? I'm an FBI documents nerd, so I got to admit that up front. A 1023 is a very important document. When agents meet with a uh, confirmed informant, someone that's a registered informant, they call them confidential human sources, we would call them informants, they fill out a form on any actual information that that confidential human source gave them. When Christopher Steele was giving us the bogus stuff in the Steele dossier, there would be a 1023 form. When Stefan Halper gave very meaningful information, by the way, I have these Stefan Halper 1023 forms, it get filled out. Stefan Halper actually gave exculpatory evidence to the FBI that exonerated Donald Trump, Carter Page. They just didn't tell the FISA court about it. But that was a 1023 form. When a drug a, a drug a gang member who's an informant gives something to an FBI form, this form gets filled out. It's the action report. Hey, we got to look at this. This is something the informant told us that is actionable. It typically goes to an analyst. Typically goes to other agents and other directors. It may go to a supervisor and someone's supposed to go investigate it. The concern is this wasn't investigated. Now, when did it come in? Now, the allegation concerns activity when Joe Biden was vice president. Uh, and we know it involves Ukraine. I've been able to confirm that. I've reported that on Real America's Voice on Just the News. It came in, the allegation came in long after Joe Biden was vice president. He was retired, but it came in in June 2020. What does that mean? It came in as right in the middle of the 2020 election campaign. Someone told the FBI the man running for president might have done a pay-to-play bribery scheme when he was vice president. And the question that these senators and congressmen have now is, what did the FBI do to it? I think they already know the answer. I think the FBI whistleblowers have told them this got put into the Hunter Biden protection circular file. Nobody looked at it. But we'll find out, you know, let's follow the facts where they are. But that's what we know. June 2021 it came in, the allegation involves things before 2016 when, when Joe Biden was vice president. It involves Ukraine. And there's at least one and maybe two FBI whistleblowers that have affirmed what's in it and why it's important. Now, are either one of those, do we know the person who actually filled out the form? We don't know that. Um, we don't know that yet. No, I, there's some reason to think that at least one of the people is involved in the creation or uh, review of the document, but not much more than that right now. We're, we're, we're a little vague on those details right now. And so this form is not indexed right now to a currently open investigation. Is that what you're saying? We don't know. That we don't know, right? There could be an open investigation for which no action was taken, meaning that it's just chronically open, which is, by the way, sometimes something the FBI has done in the past to keep oversight committees from being able to say, oh, we can't give it to you. It's part of an open investigation. Wait a second. Came in June 2020. It's like 2023. What's going on? So that's going to be some of the conversations and the dance that Congress and the FBI might do. My guess is, and I've been talking to FBI sources, my guess is that 
um, Chris Ray will find some way for Congress to review this in a skiff or review this in a sensitive document location. I think Jim Jordan's probably going to get what he wants. He got the bank. Remember, James Comer got the bank records. Treasury didn't want to give them. And uh, you know what? You know what the Republicans are getting good at saying? Okay, don't give it to us. We're taking your salary away come October 1st. So be prepared to work for free. They're going to use that Holman rule and start uh, defunding anyone who doesn't cooperate. I don't think Chris Ray wants to work for free. He already has to use the FBI jet to go back forth from home. I don't think he wants to lose his salary on top of it. Yeah, I hope the Republicans don't forget that a whistleblower and an allegation of a quid pro quo was basically the bar that's been set for um, impeachment by the Democrats. So I hope the Republicans don't forget yeah. that. Uh, I got a couple Good minutes point. left. Tell us about um, tell us about your great new book. Why'd you want to write this? And tell us a little bit about it. Probably for very things like what we're talking about now, right? In 2019, 2020, 2021, there was this extraordinary effort at censorship in America. The laptop stories I wrote, Miranda wrote, were censored because we were told it was disinformation when it wasn't. But it really bothered me that there were people in my profession, young journalists who saw nothing wrong with it, young Americans who saw nothing wrong with it. And I was wondering, where is the outrage? And I learned something very painful, Damon. I learned that there are one, maybe two generations of young adults who went through schools and weren't taught the same civic lessons you and I were taught. They were taught, uh, they weren't taught the Bill of Rights. They weren't taught why the First Amendment was first. They weren't taught about the importance of free speech to our founding fathers who thought it was essential to the foundation of our constitutional republic. They actually were taught, some of them tell me now, because I've done my research, some teachers told them there might be instances where the government should censor information for the good of the larger public or what they call the collective. I don't know what the hell the collective is. (laughs) Sounds like something from Star Trek. But uh, whatever they taught these kids, there's one or two generations that got this poison in their mind and they didn't get what we got. So I've been saying to myself for some time, I want to do something to help parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles to uh, maybe tell their children something that their teachers aren't. Brave Books came to me. They're a great new young children book creator. They're the counterbalance, a conservative pro-America counterbalance to um, scholastic books. And they said, let's do a book together. I said, I know what I want to do. I want to do a book about free speech. My son's hamster is the star of the book, Chunk, <laughs> they have a very pudgy <laughs> hamster. He's a newspaper editor. He's trying to get his newspaper out. The tubes in the hamster village are clogged. Censors, those tubes are allegories, obviously, for social media. And he can't tell the hamster community it's about to be flooded by a dangerous flood. A courageous dog comes in, solves it. And it's a great book. It's a fun story. Delicious pictures. Yeah. Bravebooks.us. You get it free this month if you subscribe to the book go. club. Oh. You don't get anything free in the economy anymore. <laughs> That's so right. Bravebooks.us. Uh, John, I know you got a busy night ahead uh, breaking this news. I want to thank you so much for giving us first shot at it. I really appreciate Thanks. it. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you in New York. Love your show, guys. See you soon. The great John Solomon live from Studio 6B. Head over to bravebooks.us. Pick it up. Hidden headlines. Nice. A Seymour Clues mystery. We're back right after this. Live from Studio 6B, great thanks to the great John Solomon for jumping on with us. Short notice like that as he broke that news at 7.49. I mean, I could talk to him all night about it because it's like, you know, like, what? Oh, I know. It, 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 it's almost like, I want to say it's one of those uh, uh, novels, right? Who's the, who's the big crime novel guy? Um, some of um, all fears. What's Harry Oates. No. no I, I don't know. You know. Stephen King, no. No, not not him. He's terrible. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, you know, those, those crime novels that, that kind of suck you in. It's like, oh, my God, the intrigue. It almost seems like this is fake. 
but sadly it's not it's real and it's just amazing how once you start peeling into it and looking at everything you start to see it start to unfold it's kind of crazy and he points out that date in june of 2020 now i think we mentioned that last night but none of us it didn't it didn't ding for anybody at least at least here right when you heard the date uh, june 2020 is when this was done it's like oh okay what was happening? We forgot what was happening June 2020. We were in the midst of a presidential campaign, which is why that's so significant. So I'm glad that he pointed that out. But it's like, man, it, it, this is the kind of stuff, you know, when they say it actually has to happen. Tom Clancy, thank you. The chat comes through. Um, it actually has to happen. People won't believe it unless it really happens. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, it's just the the in-your-face, uh, just the the brazen intent of all of it with no um seemingly no worries about getting caught no worries about the damage it could do no worries about uh, if anyone else did it with an r in front of their name they'd be no. in jail already none of that no repercussions to nothing, no nothing no fear of anything nope. so uh we'll talk more about it tonight let's do some other stuff since we had mr solomon on for the first half hour let's do some sports right now sports is brought to you by mike lindell hey i got my enviro cleanse today did you oh man let me tell you i'm gonna let my wife be the judge i'm gonna give you a full report non-biased report but if build quality and how it comes is any um first glance or we're off to a great start it is unbelievable this thing on wheels, heavy duty. The um, HEPA filters are incredible. Now, where heavy. are you setting it up? Where are you going to set it up in the house? I'm putting it in like uh, in between, like where we spend most of our time in between the living room, dining room, kitchen area. It's probably it's kind of open, big high ceiling. So we're going to put it right there. All right. Okay. It says keep it on low for the first 24 hours. Then I'm going to crank that mama right to high and let that thing do its thing, and we're going to see. My wife will tell because she's got a, oh, it's musty over here. It's this over here. It's that over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's going to let me know right away right? if she tells the difference. And I'll let you know. And so. it's, it seems to always be musty where you're standing, isn't it? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell. He's a little stale at times. Yeah, he's uh, a little stale. <laughs> use our code LFS6B at checkout. We appreciate it when you do. And I know Mr. Lindell does as well for all the support. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, we got playoffs. Only one game in the the NBA in action tonight. West semifinals. Game two where the Lakers lead the series 1-0. They're back out in Damon's favorite city, San Francisco. The Golden State Warriors are hosting Damon's favorite team. The Lakers. The LA Lakers, Big D. LeBron and friends going there to go up 2-0. And they're going to try anyway. That's a 9 p.m. tip. So we will have some updates during the game. Golden State's a 7.5 point favorite tonight though. So it looks like they, the odds makers usually are right. And uh, I think the Warriors are going to even that series up. Out in Golden State. NHL action. Panthers looking to take a commanding 2-0 lead. They're up 3-2 over the Toronto Maple Leafs, up in Toronto, 8.5 to go in the second period. And that's the East second round game two. The Kraken looking to get back in the winning ways. <laughs> but anyway, no. Seattle right now is up one nothing over the Dallas Stars. Uh, and they're looking to take a commanding two-game lead down in Dallas. West second game, 9.30 puck drop. That You want to watch some exciting hockey? You want to watch the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken. Seattle expansion team come from nowhere really trying to pull. You talk about you know the little engine that could. Well, that's those guys. They're nonstop. And then let's get to some golf. Big D to Wells Fargo Championship in action today. Round one, play complete from the Quail Hollow Country Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. $20 million on the line. And uh, for the first round leader, 
Uh, Tommy Fleetwood shot a six under today, and then there was a four-way tie between Xander Schauffele, Ryan Palmer, Kevin Streelman, and K.H. Lee. They were all one stroke behind. They shot five unders, and uh, we will keep you updated on that as well tomorrow. A couple of baseball scores in action. The Red Sox over the Blue Jays, 8-4, bottom seven. Final from earlier today, Nats beat the Cubs 4-3 in Washington. The Tigers blanked the Mets 2-0. I see Verlander was on the mound today. He didn't do too well for the Mets. Back-to-back. Yep. Frank the Tank was going to have a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Frank the Tank. Well, his team's tanking, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and you got the Rays over the Pirates 3-2 earlier today. Angels 11-7 over the Cardinals. Orioles 13-10 over the Royals in a pitcher's duel. Uh, Twins 7-3 over the White Sox. That was a final in 12 innings. And 9-6 Brewers uh, f- fell to the Rockies. Mariners 5-3 over the Athletics. Well, a lot of early games today. And Braves 6-3 over the Florida Marlins down in Florida. Time for a story. Let's go. Um, Well, NFL under investigation amid claims of gender discrimination and harassment. AP report. Boy, the NFL, just when they think they're in the clear, somebody comes after them. New York. The attorneys attorneys general of New York and California (laughs) announced Thursday that they are investigating allegations of workplace discrimination at the NFL, citing lawsuits filed by employees that describe gender, racial, and age bias, sexual harassment, and Get this one: a hostile work environment. Attorney, uh, well, yeah. I think I'm already. Def- I think I'm already in the NFL's <laughs> camp on this one already. As much go. as I know people hate the NFL, well, your favorite AG. But I think you hate the AGs of New York and California worse, probably. Uh, Letitia James of New York and Rob Bonter of California said they have issued subpoenas to NFL executives as part of an examination into the workplace culture at the league's corporate offices in both states. The officials, both Democrats, said they are exercising their legal authority to seek information from the NFL regarding allegations of gender pay disparities, harassment, and gender and racial discrimination. The investigation focuses on the league corporate offices, not specific teams or players, at least not yet. Uh, No person should ever have to endure harassment, discrimination, or objectification in the workplace, James said in a statement. You know, the rest of the stuff. I think you're right, Big D. I might be in the NFL camp on this one as well, given the two Lib AGs from California and New York. Ay, ay, ay. I don't yeah, know. Well, I guess we'll, we'll see. have to see what the accusations Got to let it play out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they haven't come up with anything clear. They're just investigating right now. Yeah. So, talking about pervasive sexism and a boys' club mentality, they're what saying. What a surprise. Yeah, so... Uh, Yep, the wide-ranging investigation by New York and California officials into employment practices at the NFL appears to be unprecedented. How do you like that one? Uh, although complaints of race and sex discrimination have dogged the league and individual teams. So, again, we'll keep a watchful eye on this. I'm sure there'll be ad nauseum reporting on this. Yeah. And that's a wrap in sports. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Uh, let's go to some of your comments on Getter. Uh, Christina says, Slick Rick, wow, rocking the green suit. Sweet. Thank you. Um, 118 on Getter says LFS6B, what an interview with John Solomon reports. The corruption runs so deep in our government, it's almost unbelievable. Just to your point, Delgado, it's almost unbelievable. Yeah. It's like a novel. Um, let's see what else we got here. Of course, uh, JCK Calic Brenner. Mm says uh what everyone's thinking well that's all this is all great but what's going to be the repercussions which of course is the question everybody wants to know so um all right let's do some news now and news is brought to you by our friends at early treatment meds earlytreatmentmeds.com all one word use our code lfs6b 50 percent off whatever you put in your cart whether it's ivermectin high dose vitamin d fluvoxamine 
uh, whatever you need. It's earlytreatmentmeds.com. LFSXP is the code. Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. Well, time for this edition of I Didn't Kill Myself. Uh, edition of the news. Uh, that's right, because it has to do with uh, someone we've been reporting. Well, uh, I'll say I've been reporting on. You don't have to focus on these two. Uh, the last couple nights here, it's because more and more seems to be coming out about Jeffrey Epstein and the people linked to Jeffrey Epstein. Some of those people we, we covered last night, um, you know, the, the list of people that were, were said to be um, associated with him that came out, including... Uh, what's the guy's name? Barack from Israel, right? Hasud Barak. I, I hate trying to pronounce some of these guys' names. Of course, he was a former prime minister of Israel. Big links between him and Epstein. Uh, big links between the owner, uh, or I should say the CEO, and the creator of LinkedIn, a gentleman named Reed Hoffman, who just so happens to be a billionaire who focuses on uh, what's that thing called censorship and is a, uh, let's see, he's a huge Democratic donor who just so happens to be uh, in bed with George Soros for a company that see they the, were backing. See uh, the guy funding this E.J. Carroll thing against Trump in New York City too, Reed Hoffman, or I have the name wrong? I may have the name wrong. You might have the name wrong, but yeah. you know what? It, it wouldn't surprise me. So now, uh, getting back to Mr. Epstein, more news broke today. This in, uh, particular one comes from Business Insider. Jeffrey Epstein and Woody Allen plan to hang out nearly every single month for two years after Epstein pleaded guilty. Yes, those documents have been released and, and kind of strange at a time when Epstein was already a registered sex offender who spent 13 months in jail after pleading guilty for soliciting a child prostitute in 2008. These, uh, these get-togethers were put together to hang out with Woody Allen. The Wall Street Journal reported that the reviewed documents show Epstein and Allen planned to get together nearly every month in 2014 and 2015 and also planned to watch movies, visit art studios, and attend dinners together the wall street journal also reported in 2012 they planned to view the allen they, they planned to view allen's new film and uh that they scheduled multiple trips to jeff coon's art studio and in 2017 planned to attend a sotheby's auction together now why is that significant well because again it's expanding the list of people that hung out with Jeffrey Epstein that seems to be growing by the day. More new documents are also being revealed that show uh, Larry Summers. Who's Larry Summers, you ask? For those who don't know, La Lawrence Henry Summers is an American who... Biden, Biden's go-to guy. Biden's guy to <laughs> oh, go yeah. on the economy. There you go. Oh, I, talked, I talked to Larry Summers. This <laughs> Crack and Jack. You know. Exactly. Yeah, well, Sum Summers thinks you're out of your mind, too, on inflation, by the way. Yes, but Larry Summers is also another name that's been revealed who had more than uh, more than usual frequent uh, visits with Jeffrey Epstein. The documents show Larry Summers, the former Harvard president and Treasury secretary, continued to meet with Epstein more than a dozen times between 2013 and 2016. Again, this is following uh, Jeffrey Epstein's time in prison from 2008 to 2009. Uh, he continued to get uh, he continued to solicit and get uh, donations, um, and of course. This stuff is all coming out as well as the mentioned, the aforementioned LinkedIn owner and uh, CEO Reed Hoffman said he only met Epstein. Oh, this is this sounds like Bill Gates only helped Epstein to raise funds for MIT. A billionaire needs to raise money to give it away. But new documents show Epstein had planned for Hoffman to visit his island not once, 
but twice. And then Hoffman once scheduled to stay at Epstein's townhouse and attend a breakfast party. Again, another person who doesn't want their name out, but now is being exposed due to these documents that are coming out about Jeffrey Epstein. Now, remember, I had a theory, right? I can't get it to that theory because we're almost out of time. But I will get to it next. If All right, let's play to. tonight's version of let's wrap in <laughs> this sentence, Delgado. All of this is going to lead to blank. I don't know. <laughs> but. I knew it. I'm a nut. But I think it's important that we keep pushing this stuff out there and not let these people think that they can just get away with it willy-nilly like. Have as many people get to know this information and expose them as much as possible. I think I think that could be the, that could be the best we could hope for. Our live from Studio 6B on a Thursday. More news coming up with Rick Delgado right after this. Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. Lots to get to. We had the great John Solomon join us with his breaking news tonight. That's in Just the News. Ex-CIA boss, that would be uh, John Brennan, told colleague, uh, that would be Mike Morrell, that Hunter Biden's laptop letter is a talking point, quote-unquote, to help Biden at the debate. So there you go. So that's uh, on all our social media. Make sure you follow us on all our social media at LFS6B, uh, pretty much everywhere. You can find us on everything. So uh, Aaron and Fran holding it down tonight. The winner of the 2023 Masters, Slick Rick, is uh, <laughs> doing uh, sports tonight. And the news is being brought to you by <laughs> Rick Delgado, and he's going to do more of it right now. What's going on? All right. Well, we were talking about Jeffrey Epstein. I got my final Jeffrey Epstein story, if you're interested, and then I'll do my, uh, my, my quick theory. All right. Uh, talk about hell in paradise. Uh, turns out uh, Epstein's pedophile island is going to be transformed into a luxury five-star resort. Someone's buying it, right? Yeah. yeah. Stephen Deckoff, the entrepreneur and investor behind the project, will develop a 25-room retreat across the islands of Little St. James and Great St. James in the U.S. Virgin Islands with a grand opening scheduled for 2025. But Dekoff might might find that constructing his dream resort with such ambitious timeline is the easy part. Much more difficult will be convincing wealthy tourists to spend their downtime on an island once used by Epstein to rape and abuse young women. Uh, Little St. James was dubbed pedophile island by residents of the U.S. Virgin Islands during the blatant wholesale abuse conducted by Epstein after he bought the island in 1998 for $7.5 million. He bought Great St. James, the larger island next to it, in 2016 for 22.5 it was also revealed wednesday that deckoff had purchased both below the asking price more than half below the asking price of 125 million he walked off with both islands for 60 million dollars um 
Interesting. The troubling past of Little St. James has widely been documented, not only in photographs, but victim testimony and court cases against Epstein and his associates. And photographs published by the Daily Mail show young girls posing on the island and giving massages to Epstein while making phone calls. So it'll be interesting to see what they uh, what they do. They've got that temple that's on the island that became kind of symbolic, really, of the abuse. Um, of the victims of Epstein and and all his buddies. So we'll see what happens. It's probably all going to get knocked down and, and, you know, bulldozed over and they're going to start from scratch. But there you have it. My final piece of uh, Jeffrey Epstein actual news. Now, do you want to hear my theory? Ah, right. Glad you asked, Damon. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Again, I didn't kill myself. Um, here's here's what I'm thinking. Because we saw the story. You mentioned it as well. Joe Rogan saying that that... People believe that Jeffrey Epstein was an intelligence asset, right? Right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, so follow me here, if you, if you will. What was it? It was around 2005, according to, to, according to some of the research I've done, 2005 to 2008 is when the whole litigation thing started against Jeffrey Epstein, right? They, they, the allegations were being made, blah, blah, blah. Of course, he gets convicted. He pleads down. A de- he gets a sweetheart deal from uh, Alex Acosta, who, who actually ended up in the Trump administration and got fired after they found out he set up Epstein with this, uh, with this sweetheart deal because Acosta was the U.S. attorney down in Florida during that time now at the same time 2006 the fbi actually opened an investigation called operation leap year into jeffrey epstein now i think this is probably when they reached out to him and said you know what uh We've got you. It's almost like that scene out of the Matrix, right? When when Mr. Smith and, and his two thugs they pull Neo into the into the room there, and they say they pull out the big folder and say, you know, you've got an interesting life here. We're going to put this aside uh, if you help us get Morpheus. This is what I'm thinking, right? Because what they they probably did is what they they took they took Epstein and said, look, we have this file on you, pretty extensive. You you're going to go away for a long time unless you come work for us. See. See where I'm going now? Now, this, this solidifies his sweetheart because nobody could figure out how did he get such a sweetheart deal from the U.S. attorney? Why would they agree to something like this when they had all this evidence on him? Well, he's an intel asset. He's protected, as they say, right? So they got to get him back out there to make sure that, uh, you know, he continues what he's doing, but he starts pulling in the people that they want to catch, but not really catch, just want to have power over. Because again, these people, as we've seen, they'll start these investigations. And John Solomon said it too. They open these intelligence investigations and they leave them open. They don't do anything. So nobody knows what's going on in them. But you can continually use that information against those people. So they got these people under their control. Why? It's not about money. It's about control. So now they've got control over Jeffrey Epstein and all his very rich, powerful friends. Right? And then with the stipulation, just don't get caught. If you get caught, you get dead. Guess what? 2019, Jeffrey Epstein got caught. And what happened? He got dead. He was no longer useful for them. So there you have it. That is my theory. That is what I think happened. And that's why uh, Jeffrey Epstein ended up, uh, I don't know if he's dead. Um, Ran into a why, why he's disappeared. What are you laughing at? What does jackass what say? Like? He ran into a hung jury. 
<laughs> okay. All right, so there you good. have it. That's All my right. theory. I th- you know, I was, um, friend, we're going to have to have a little talk after the show. I was watching Ed Henry in the Power Hour before us. Oh, Eddie. And he had, a, um, he had a countdown clock buzzer for anyone else who talks on this show other than him. <laughs> and I, I actually think it's a brilliant idea that I'm going to maybe instigate here. When the lead-in sounds something like this. So I have a theory. <laughs> the countdown clock may have to go up. So. All right there, Crowder. Whatever you say. <laughs> but I can just push the button. That turns you should off. just have a light that says, don't talk. <laughs> I, can, I can just do this. Oh, man. All right. Well, no, I mean, that, that's, that's way above my head. But you are, you are in it. <laughs> and that's actually good right there. I like that, friend. I like that. Just see this turn mic off. No, I mean it's just way above my head. But yeah. but you're you're in it. Well, think it. about it. I mean, how how did we've already heard the stories about videotapes that he videotaped these people, so he had control. Who's to say that he's not the only one who was who was videotaping things on the plane on the island? They set up their own stuff. He wasn't there the whole time. He he wasn't hanging out in the hangar saying, "Oh, I'm just hanging out on my private jet, making sure nobody comes on here and uh, well, plants yeah, some video stuff on there." Right? Cle- yeah, clearly that. Right. Uh, yeah. He he had some other pedophile stuff to do in New Mexico, where he and, and his New York apartment building with the Clintons. You know, he's all over the place. So nobody's to- always watching the plane. He had to go to the universities, right? He right. To Collect his checks. Yeah, of course. Damon is Fox News. That's what's going on in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the audience thinks you're right over the target, Rick. Am I? Yeah. Yes. They, you're right over. So they say they, this has been going around for a while, this theory, though. Some of the folks in the audience. Oh. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, they've, been, they've been on it already. Oh, oh. See, I've, I've, been, yeah. I, I've been scrolling my, uh, scrolling my notes. You have I always you do. You didn't... Um, you didn't hear someone else kind of float this theory like this, somebody. You know? No. Oh, okay. No, but but I mean, between like like you said, with when you when the Rogan story came out last week, I was like, all right, let me do a little in, a little search, and all of a sudden you see all these stories about you know people believing that uh, that Epstein <laughs> was an intel asset. Now, was it was it CIA? Was it Mossad? Was it someplace else? Maybe Middle East? Maybe he's work, trying to work both sides. Who knows? What? Uh, someone in the chat said, Rick, understand that you lost Damon Ed. Do you want to hear me? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Joe is on it. Joe's on it. What? what? The hell is he talking <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Live from saying. Studio 6B on a Thursday night. You lost him at, do you want to hear my theory? <laughs> Uh, more to do on a Thursday. Hour two coming up.
right, 9 o'clock on the East Coast, hour two, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Real America's Voice. Oh. Slick Rick doing sports. Rick Delgado doing theories. Aaron and Fran <laughs> holding it down as always. It's only 9 o'clock. I'm tired already. <laughs> that took a lot out of me. So's yeah. the audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, the audience is with you. The audience is mad at, mad at us. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Like, settle down. We're just having some fun here. Robo Swag we'll says. really mad. Like, Robo Swag on the chat says, <laughs> the sort of Rican is sort of right. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we love Delgado's theories. We just like to act like we don't. Don't take us so seriously. Sure. Uh, at 9 o'clock, hour two. Glad you're in. Lots to get to. We may have some more theories. We may, uh, of course, the big breaking news tonight was from John Solomon. Yeah. And I actually had some good follow-up before I even knew that John was coming on tonight to break this news that he dropped at 747 tonight on why the bombshell Joe Biden bribery allegations matter. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into... Um, we have time. I'll get into this Proud Boys uh, decision today. Julie Kelly's reporting in American Greatness is fantastic about it. She looks at not not only this and the outrage of all of of this, but what it means for the bigger picture uh, for the Department of Justice and President Trump. And she does not paint a rosy picture, given what happened today. Um, so if I have some time, we'll get to that as well. But I want to I want to spend a little time right now on the debt ceiling because I have been telling you now for some time that Joe Biden has no intention, no desire or intention to get to sit with Kevin McCarthy or do anything on the debt ceiling because if he did, he would not be waiting till Tuesday. I guess that is Tuesday the 9th. What's today? Tuesday the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. The hell you have to wait to Tuesday for? Guy calls a lid every day at about 9 o'clock in the morning. He's got nothing to do. Why has he got to wait till Tuesday? Well, because it's just the day that they happen to pick. That's why. There's no other reason. There's, no, there's nothing that's going to happen on Tuesday. There's nothing that's going to happen if he had the meeting today. If he was serious about having the meeting, he would have had it already. That's what we know for sure. Joe Biden and his handlers, mostly his handlers, because he's too stupid to figure it out, they tell him, Joe, all you need to do is wait out the Republicans. People like Mitch McConnell, just look at what's happened in the past. They'll capitulate to your budget. Just, just wait. That's what he's been told. That's what he's waiting for. That's what he's hoping for. And if I were him, I would be too, because that's what the Republicans have always done. Always. That's what they did in the lame, uh, lame duck session, thanks to Mitch McConnell. Ushered through $1.8 trillion. And now they're telling us that it's the Republicans' fault. The Republicans want to do this. The Republicans want to do that. Because the real plan here, as I've been telling you, is to do this by executive fiat. And then tell us some nonsense about the 14th Amendment. It's going to compel it and the debt and all it shall not be, you know, we're going to get the whole spiel. And of course, with the hopes of knowing that what's going to have to happen, it's going to have to work its way all the way up to the Supreme Court. And what's going on with the Supreme Court right now? What is the, what is the left doing? In the business, we call that softening them up. That's what they're doing. Threats, ethics hearings, threats, more threats. 
So th- this is the playbook of Joe Biden and his, and the, and his people. This is what this is what the um, this is what the playbook is. Knowing that he will do this by he'll try to do this by executive order with total disregard for um, Article One in Congress's role. Knowing that it'll work its way up through the courts. And, you know, see what, ha- take, take their shot like they do with everything, like they did with Mike. They just take their shot. Circle the wagons and take our shot. That's what we do. We have to- total disregard for the country, total disregard for the founding of the country, for the, found- for the roles, for the separation of powers. For, for, who cares about any of it? If we get the end goal, who be damned with anything else? And um, the full court press is now on. Karin Jean-Pierre. You sure it wasn't uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Was in the press briefing room today. She was not asked a lot of great questions, but she was asked this one. Here it is. Roll that, Aaron. Director Young said a moment ago that that the math was the math when it comes to the, the, the debt ceiling issue. Does that apply to vote count as well? Because neither the House or the Senate have the requisite votes to pass a clean debt limit increase. So the solution that the president is proposing is at odds with the current reality on the Hill. Does he need to adjust? Okay, so stop it. Stop it for one second. So that question is, the Republicans are not going to pass a clean debt limit out of the House where they control. So you don't have the votes there to get what the president continually tells us he wants. Mm -hmm. And you don't have 60 in the Senate to do it because you would think it, even with the Republicans over there, you couldn't get 10 or eight or whatever the hell the final number is to get, to get it, to get it passed over there. So you keep telling us that the Republicans have to do their job. Well, they passed something out of the house and all they passed was basically saying, we're going to raise the debt limit a trillion and a half dollars, but you can't spend going forward the way you have. So all this talk about gutted this, gutted that, that's all not it's all nonsense. All they said is, we'll raise it a trillion and a half dollars, but you're not going to spend going forward, you're going to have to cut spending. Not that you can't I don't even, I think they could spend what they've been spending. I don't you the increase in spending is what they've cut back on right. over they, the next X number of years. They they basically set it up and I heard it explained this way that's the same amount of spending as last year. Yeah. But that's Just, not that is right. not enough. Exactly. That is not enough. Now, think of the backdrop of what's going on. Inflation, banks failing, the whole financial system, the dollar, everything Last year's spending is not enough. That gave us 9.2% inflation at its high, along with a cumulative other things in the past, but mainly since he took office. That's not enough. So the, the basic math still doesn't work, yet there's no discussion about any other path from the White House. And, there, and there's a reason for that, because they don't care about another path. Go ahead. Reality. No, Congress needs to act, really. And when she says, I mean, wait, hold on a second. Did. When you say, when, we, when she said the math is the math, this is going to be catastrophic for American people. There's a reason why we call uh, the bill that House Republicans put together uh, the Default on America Act, because it is. 
It's a good one. Who came up with, with that? What they put forward, and we know all of House Republicans and MAGA Republicans voted on this bill. It is going to hurt American families, and it is the president's job to also be very clear with Congress, uh, with Republicans in Congress. You got to do your job. It is simple. You take an oath. This is it. This is the basic thing that you need to do for the American people to make sure that we are not a deadbeat nation. Seventy-eight times. 78 times that we have been able to do this since 1960, three times in the last administration. <laughs> and so that's the problem. The question is to them. The question is to Speaker McCarthy, as I've said many times before here, is to, to the MAGA Republicans, what is going on here? Why can you not get this done? It is simple. It is simple. And to, just to take it back to the, to the president, the president has done more for the American people, certainly than MAGA Republicans have done in the last two years. Do you have a solution that you can present next week that will get 60 votes in the, the Senate? The president is going to bring, bring the four the leaders no. of, of the House and the Senate uh, to the White House, as you know, next Tuesday, uh, May 9th, as you just stated, and he's going to lay out what the consequences are. He's going to, he's going to be very clear that congressional... Uh, All right, Aaron, uh, enough of this. This is, I can't take any more of her. <laughs> Just delusion. It's delusion. pure delusion in that room. Every day it gets worse. He's going to get them together on May 9th. Yeah. Well, if it's that dire, why is it May 9th? Why wasn't it April 9th or March 9th or, or February 9th? Why is it May 9th? Why now? Why isn't it, why isn't it May 4th at 10 p.m.? Why isn't it May 5th at 7 a.m.? Because it's not dire. And once again, we've gone through this, I don't know how many times, $350 billion, $400 billion comes into the Treasury every single month, enough to service the debt, take care of the military, take care of Social Security, take care of the things, the VA, take care of the things they need to do. It's everything else past that that they would need to trim. That's what would happen. It's not that everything goes haywire, but you'll continue to hear that as if once we run out of money, that's it. Nothing else. We're broke. Well, yeah, we're broke, but not in the way they want you to think. But I'm more convinced than ever that we will get nothing out of this meeting on Tuesday other than both sides to come to the microphone. And them to say, no, McCarthy. And I, I hope for once the Republicans are not going to cave uh, and capitulate here in any way, shape, or form. Because they hold all the leverage. That is a fact. Kevin McCarthy holds the leverage in this showdown. They have already passed a debt limit increase of a trillion and a half dollars and said, you can spend exactly what you spent last year, but you cannot increase the spending. Most Americans, if they understand that plainly, are going to be on board with that, or at least say whatever happens from here is not, that is at least enough to negotiate on. Right. Well, because, because that's, when you break it down to, um, here's the amount of money you get. It's the same as last year. You're not going to get more. Most people can identify with that. Look, that's called living on a budget. Uh, most people in America do that. And these days they're doing it even harder. It's harder for them to make a budget because things have gone so crazy out of whack and, and prices are soaring all over the place between inflation and energy and, and, and housing. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You go to the store these days 
And it's not just it's not just us here in New York. It's around the country. You hear the stories. People go. They look down in their basket. 150 bucks. What is it? There's nothing in there. Not compared to what it used to be. Um, so I believe the American people, if they pay attention, if they don't buy into the whole into the into the screaming at the sky. Oh my God, we're going to default and clutching of the pearls. These are mega Republicans or mega crazy. If you just say wait. You're getting the same amount of money you had last year. It's almost like your salary didn't go up this year. Okay. Can you still live on that? Yeah. That's all they're asking you to do. Can you do that? Well, yeah, we, we got billions of more to spend. No, you can't. Simple as that. And no, is a, no is a complete sentence. That's what the Democrats have to realize. You know, they'd never call you MAGA anything if they had to say it out loud. If they had to say, make America great again. You know, yeah. these make America great again people, they <laughs> yeah. never use it if they had to say that. <laughs> no. Somehow they, they, they've, they've taken that term and tried to turn it into some kind of uh, these MAGA Republicans. Remember right. what it stands for. Right. right. Like it's a negative. Right. Yeah, they, no, they'd toxic. never say it if yeah. they had to say the whole thing out loud. They'd right. never use that no. term to try to denigrate. All right, live from Studio 6B, more news and sports coming up. B, 17 past the hour. Well, friends, uh, the world is unraveling more by the day. Uncertainty abounds. Clearly, we're all feeling that. Picture this. Grocery stores stripped bare. Warehouses closed. Restaurants shut down. Well, frankly, there may not be enough food to go around when the next disaster strikes. If you don't have enough emergency food on hand, say hello to government handouts. I urge you to order a three-month urgency food kit from our friends at My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest preparedness company. With each kit you order, you'll receive a bonus bundle of essential survival gear worth over $200 uh, for free. Emergency food and survival gear from My Patriot Supply. Check. The three-month emergency, three emergency food kit offers your family peace of mind no matter what happens. Get over 2,000 calories a day of delicious foods that will keep you fed for a long time. Grab your emergency food and free survival gear worth over $200 from My Patriot Supply by going to preparewithrav.com, all one word, preparewithrav.com. Com. You'll also get fast and free shipping in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Order now at preparewithrav.com, preparewithrav.com. One word, preparewithrav.com. All right, 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow, mypillow.com slash LFS6B. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. And if you support Mike Lindell, you can always send us your receipt that you receive, your emailed receipt. Just forward us the email the way you receive it, 
and then pick something out from 6bmerch.com, 6bmerch.com. Pick something out, whether it's this Harry on the Highway shirt or that Slick Rick shirt or uh, the Oddsmaker shirt, those hats, anything you want. Uh, we'll send it to you. We'll send you one item absolutely free uh, for support of Mike Lindell because we appreciate when you do that. So uh, send your emails to LFS6B at Yahoo.com, and we try to get the orders out within a week or so. So we're a little backed up now. We have so many coming in, but we'll get them out. Slick Rick, what's going on the in sports? The hats are beautiful, by the way, Big D. They're really nice. They look like the ones just like when you buy them for the sports teams. They're gorgeous. Well, yeah. well done. Snap Very backs. well done. Snap back. Looking good. Get that in there. All right, let's get to the NBA underway. Game two out in San Francisco. The Lakers and Warriors just underway 4-3. Oops, check that. Warriors up 6-5. Nine minutes to go. Basketball, that's a lifetime. And uh, right now, the Lakers lead that series 1-0. So I can see uh, Golden State's definitely going to get that win tonight. Big D, very important. And NHL action. Panthers continue to lead the Maple Leafs 3-2. I feel like that's been the same score now for quite some time. 12 and a half to go in the third period there. Panthers looking to take a two-game lead, and take that back home to Florida up 2 nothing. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Kraken and Stars, that puck's ready to drop in about 10 minutes, and uh, Kraken also looking to take a two-game, 2 nothing lead home. But remember, the last round, the Rangers won the first two games in New Jersey and ended up losing that yeah, series whatever. in seven games. So I'm just saying, that, you know, you never know with these these early, uh, you know, you think a, a visiting team takes two games in the playoffs on the road, it's over. Oh, no. They had plenty of, plenty of hockey left. Um, yeah, very good story here, Big D, on um, a sad situation, but uh, class act nevertheless. Uh, Mavericks, Luka Doncic to pay for funerals from Belgrade shooting. This is Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, senior NBA insider. After the mass shooting that killed eight children and a security guard at a Belgrade elementary school, Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic has committed to pay for the funeral services and grief counseling for classmates and staff. A spokesman for the Luka Doncic Foundation told ESPN on Thursday, Doncic has uh, has, been, has deep family ties to the Serbian capital's region, including a grandmother, aunt, uncle, and teenage cousin who live in the area. His father, Sasha, is a native of Serbia. Doncic reached out to make a commitment for short-term aid after the mass shooting and plans to be part of whatever long-term assistance arises from the violence Wednesday at the uh, Vladislav Runakar uh, School. Doncic, a native of Slovenia, is expected to, wel- uh, to welcome involvement from other NBA players with Balkan roots uh, to help with Balkan roots to help in the tragedy's aftermath. I am heartbroken by the tragic school shooting in Serbia and the loss of lives, including those of innocent school children, Doncic said in a statement. My thoughts are with the families and the entire community affected by this tragedy. Through my foundation, I am exploring both immediate and long-term ways to support the students, faculty, and families affected by the shooting at the Vladislav Rimnikar Elementary School. I am committed and I will continue to share updates and ways to support as details become available. So that's a class act. Nice to see these sports stars digging into their own pockets to help out and certainly i'm sure they could use that in serbia so what a story there huh um and uh just one more quick one uh the late uh, Peter Klima, former Oilers star and Czech forward, dies at 58 years old. This is a Reuters report from earlier today. Former Czech forward and NHL star Peter Klima uh, died at the age of 58. The Edmonton Oilers announced earlier today the cause of death was not immediately known. 
Uh, Klima was the first player to defect from Czechoslovakia to join the NHL in 1985. He made an instant impact with the Detroit Red Wings, recording 56 points, 32 goals, and 24 assists on a team that finished with the fewest points in the league. Klima was involved in a blockbuster trade with the Oilers on November 2nd, 1989. He was shipped along with Joe Murphy, Adam Graves, and Jeff Sharpley's uh, in a deal that brought Jimmy Carson to Detroit. Klima uh, scored a memorable goal in triple overtime of Game 1 in the 1990 Stanley Cup Final to give Edmonton a 3 3-2 victory over the Boston Bruins. Um, he had not played in the previous five periods of the contest. The forwards uh, scored one of the most iconic goals in team history, tallying the triple OT winner in Game 1. Klima total 573 points. He had a very good career. He played with the Red Wings, Oilers, Lightning, Kings, and Pittsburgh Penguins. So rest in peace. You know, it's uh, strange when you see a hockey player, you know, died the same age that you are. It's uh, pretty wild. I'm 58 years old. No cause of death, big thing. Mm. That's a wrap in sports. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Uh, let's go to uh, a little bit of the email feedback on tonight's show so far. Uh, this one's entitled, Come On, Man. Dear Rick D., I enjoy your reporting and your insights and theories. Please consider getting Damon some Brain Force Ultra from AJ. So. <laughs> got you, Big D. Okay. So I'm not sure who AJ is. That's not Joe Rogan's thing. His is uh, something else for your brain. No, but, I, sent, uh, I sent that. Oh, that's you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Joe Rogaine. <laughs> All right, let's do some news uh, with Mr. Theories himself, Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, jumping over to a, a little bit different story, Anheuser-Busch has now disavowed the entire Dylan Mulvaney Bud oh, yeah. Light campaign. Yeah. Did you hear about this one? <laughs> oh, uh. Sales are at what? <laughs> They're how low? <laughs> I disavow the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Di- we're going to disavow like we never, ha- like it never happens. The CEO of Anheuser-Busch has unceremoniously disavowed, disowned the disastrous Dylan Mulvaney stunt, they're calling it, insisting it was not a campaign as a letter to retailers saying it was just one can. Uh, yeah. That, you know what? How could this not be a campaign? The guy's face is on a can. Like, Lots of can- this. This is what happens at my house. They're like, where is he on the can? Uh, global boss Michael Dockeris addressed the mass backlash over the working of trans influencer Mulvaney for the first time in an earnings call with investors. You know, the people that are going to have him fired. Uh, Dockeris told investors there's misinformation spreading on social media about the company's team up with Mulvaney. He told Fox News he added that the company is providing direct financial support to the frontline workers impacted by the boycotts. And I was trying to garner, um, you know, some sympathy here. Dokaris also said, we need to clarify the facts that this was one camp, one influencer, one post, and not a campaign. Again, the guy is on a can. That just doesn't happen. There's a lot of things that go into it. We will continue to learn, meet the moment in time, all be strong, and we work tirelessly to do whatever we can to save our butts. Uh, bring people together over a beer and create more future Cheers. Investors were also told by Dukaris that Bud Light will triple its marketing spending this summer in a bid to woo customers back Good luck. to the tarnished brand. Good luck. So, yes, you know, all that money we wasted and lost, we're going to spend more money to try and get back the people who said they're not going to buy our product anymore. Good yeah. luck with that one. Here's, um, a, here's yeah. an idea to start. Why don't you just apologize? Yeah. That would have been great. Why don't right? you start there? Yeah. yeah. We got then, it wrong. Then think about, right, then think right. about what your budget's going to be. All right, more news. Rick Delgado coming up right after this.
purifiers are the same. Why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Well, because EnviroCleanse advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID-19. EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification, and now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flu from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy-inflaming toxins and mold from the air that your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergens and a better night's sleep. Visit ekpure.com. ekpure.com. Use code AMERICA for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home air purification unit. You'll also receive a free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's $150 savings. That's ekpure.com. ekpure.com. Code America. ekpure.com. Code America. 10% off right now. And uh, I got mine today. And I'll tell you something. It is built like a machine. When they say hospital grade, they are not kidding. And uh, I got it on low right now, which is directions say. But uh, I'm going to crank that baby up to high slick Rick tomorrow. Let it do its thing. <laughs> nice. And see. Mm. Um, but I told you, the, ju- the, 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 the judge is going to be my wife because she's got the nose of a, well, she's got a good nose. Now, does she have uh, like allergies and stuff? And You know, we've been, we've been, we've been lucky to not have to um, deal too heavy with allergies. A little bit, I would say. Mm-hmm. But not much. But she does have places in the house, closets and stuff. She always thinks um, smell kind of moldy or dusky or what musky or whatever in places in the house. So I put it smack dab in the middle of the first floor. And I'm going to crank it up tomorrow to high. And I'm going to see when she comes home if, uh, or over the next couple of days if she sees a difference. And I'll let you know. All right. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, when you when you come across those places, those weird places in your house, you're like, wow, that smells weird, or you feel like a little cold. That could be a ghost. Just saying. Huh. Okay. Another theory. Ghost. <laughs> could be a ghost. Could be a ghost. Could be a spirit. Oh. Now, would the ghost have gotten dropped off from the UFO that you showed us a couple weeks ago? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I don't know about that, because we, don't, we, we never identified what it was. It was unidentified, Well, Damon. we think it was oh. gradu- a graduation hat, Slick Rick thought. I think so. Def- absolutely. Yeah. Darth Vader lost his graduation hat. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're still going with that. So, All right, 33 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Do we have, we did sports, right? Yes. No more sports to do. Let's do news. News is brought to you by our friends at Early Treatment Meds. EarlyTreatmentMeds.com, one word. LFS6B will get you 50% off whatever you put in your car. Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. Well, Biden beware. That's the headline coming from, of all places, Politico. Yes. Uh, turns out Senators Manchin and Cinema align with Republicans in the debt negotiations. This story just came out. Mm. While their Democratic colleagues insist on no negotiations until the borrowing limit is lifted, the duo are positioning themselves as potential players in any future Senate talks. Senator Shelley Moore Capito out of uh, West Virginia, who appeared at an event with Manchin, uh, challenger-in-waiting Governor Jim Justice last week, said she still appreciates Manchin's rhetoric about debt negotiations. I totally agree with what he what he says. She said. 
Uh, as for Cinema, who left the Democratic Party last year, the debt ceiling is just one more example of her going her own way. She and Manchin have split on tax policy in the past, but he praised her policy positions on Tuesday, saying she's really pretty sharp on the fiscal responsibilities. We're in pretty good agreement on it. At the moment, both are focused on the task at hand, with no immediate timelines for announcing a 2024 re-election plan. But it's not lost on anyone that cutting a debt deal could be crucial to both of their political brands. They are going to be both on the ballot, it says here, from Senator Kevin Kramer, a Republican out of North Dakota. And as you know, assuming they both choose to run, so you have some extra political calculations that have to come into play that certainly would play to a cooperative spirit. So here's to uh, here's to Cinema and Manchin, you know, uh, according to, to many who believe they're sending signals that they're ready to split with Joe Manch, uh, Joe Biden when it comes to the debt ceiling. Yeah, well, it's 51-49, I believe, in the Senate. Democrats, 51. Um, Republicans, 49. So they're going to need a lot more than just those two. But that that is interesting because I wonder if... Um, well, the problem there, of course, is you have Mitch. There's just no, there's just no way to... There's no deal-making going on. There's no nothing going on. Could you, could you find... Could you find some Democrats that also want Biden to hit the road and not run again to say, you know, what they've passed here is good enough to avoid a disaster. Right. And let's, uh, let's pass this thing. Same spending as last year. And then we can, you know, deal with whatever. We'll tackle it after the, uh, after the election so we don't get beat up and we can come back to yeah. our seats. I think, that's, uh, I think we're dreaming. Right. But remember, I think that, we're delusional as they are in the press briefing room if we think that's going to happen. Remember, there's, they are, they're also down Dianne Feinstein. She has not returned to Congress yet. She's still out. Well, you still need 60, so. Right. So you got you to gotta minus those three off the top. So now all of a sudden it kind of swings 49-48. Or, or should I say 51 51-40. Well, unless it's no. 60, it doesn't matter. It's not going to pass. So that's Exactly. Not, that's but that's what I mean. It's, it's making it even harder for him to get to the 60. When you figure in that Feinstein is out, she won't count. And then these other two are going to, uh, you know, kind of side with the other side. And then, of course, there's this coming out. Latest Fox News poll shows that Robert F. Kennedy is giving Democrats fits. And Bill Maher is also surprised on how well RFK Jr. is polling against Biden. The how real can time- you be surprised? <laughs> how can you be surprised? How? Hey, I'm talking about the Democrats. They're surprised. I'm saying, how can they be surprised <laughs> that, a, that, a, that an RFK or any other Democrat that's, not, um, that's half this guy's age and can actually talk and has positions on things that are more like the Democratic Party, I mean, of at least a decade or so ago, maybe more, but at least he's not, he's not out there with AOC and the squad. How can they be surprised that he's going to pull 20, maybe 30%? You see the protection already going in. No yeah. debates, no this. Put them in the basement, hide them away, and everybody else can go screw. Well, that's approximately what he's polling at, around 19%. Um, and during uh, last Friday's overtime segment, Mara read a submitted viewer question asking the panel's reaction to the Fox News poll that showed RFK Jr. at 19%. Um, and he said, I must say, I'm surprised right off the bat he's polling at 19%. As he reacted. Also, keep in mind that uh, former 2020 presidential hopeful Marianne Williamson has reached 9% in the same poll. 
mm-hmm. and then couple that with the fact that other polls are showing that as many as 70 percent of Americans don't even want Biden to seek reelection, which proves people are looking for alternatives. Yeah, absolutely. If they had debates, Biden would be in big trouble. Ah, get it. Huge trouble. He'd be in big trouble. Because um, I don't know RFK Jr.'s positions on a lot of things, so I, I don't know that he's not right. We we know he's. I, I know he's right on on the vaccine vaccines, right? And I know he's, and I've I've seen a couple of other things he's commented on. I think he's I think he's on uh, the right side of um, men and boys, uh, girls and uh, you know boys and girls sports too. Right. Oh yeah. Good. I'm pretty sure I've seen him yes. comment on that. I have seen that, Big D. You are correct. Yeah, he, he is one of these yeah. climate people, though. You are correct. Oh, well, he is. He's kind of a climate nut. Oh, boy. Okay. I, well, don't, I, know, mean, I don't know if that's So he fits changed. right in. To what right. He's going to fit in with some things, obviously, in the party's a Democrat, <laughs> right. so he's going to. But the, but who knows? That may have changed in the last year or so. I just haven't seen much about it, but I have seen things in the past where he's kind of a kind of a climate uh, climate Nazi. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But again, he's polling surprisingly well and has got people in the Democratic Party, especially in the Biden camp, particularly freaked out. Um, I mean, Ted Kennedy was the leader in the Senate, I believe, at one point. And I mean, he, he, he killed a woman driving off a bridge. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a high bar for Kennedy to be liked in the Democratic Party. And, and not only that, also keep in mind, um, JFK Jr. was one of Donald Trump's Best best friends. So I'm sure these two also probably have some type of uh, pretty. Uh, they they probably get along pretty well. He was he was quite the fan of RFK Jr. Yeah, um, he thought he'd go on to be president, senator, and he thought he President Trump said of RFK Jr. that he probably would be president one day. Oh yeah, and um, he's part of his book right now that's out, Letters to Trump, which seems fascinating. I haven't bought it yet, and I really should so I can look at it, because it really seems fascinating to see all these letters of all of these, um, all the people who loved Trump, you know, would do anything to be around him, mm-hmm. be friends with him, be in his circle. He got all these letters from all the, Oprah, you know, all these people, and, and his relationship with John Jr. is one that I've heard him speak about, yeah. and uh, I think he was quite fond of him. Quite fond of him. Thought he was very smart. Obviously, extremely good looking. Had everything. Walk in a room, light it up, command mm-hmm. attention. Saw a real political future for him. And just uh, obviously tragedy that day, trying to fly in without instruments the way they did. But no, he was, he, I think he speaks very highly of John Jr. Yep. And their, their, their relationship was uh, well noted. Um, speaking of the president current, uh, Jill Biden, guess what? She's going to the, uh, the inauguration, or I should say the coronation, the king's coronation Ooh. over in the UK. And Jill Biden is bringing along granddaughter Finnegan Biden to London for the King Charles III coronation ceremony as President Joe Biden was accused of being disrespectful for skipping the event. Uh, the daughter of Hunter Biden will be joining the first later at Westminster Abbey for the historic ceremony. She is going as a guest. They say, and this is coming from the White House, there is no official delegation. I don't understand how that happens uh, with supposedly our, our number one uh, ally, but okay. 
Uh, according to the, well, it's the same way you don't tell them you're pulling out of Afghanistan, right? It's yeah. like that's why this this guy's such a joke. Oh, we're back. America's back. And for how long? He says this right. stupid joke he tells. Yeah, uh, this is no official U.S. delegation. Says here Finnegan is a quote unquote plus one. The East Wing said in a statement, as we've noted before, the other uh, with other family travel. Historically, family members of presidents have frequently joined them during travel. Current practices are consistent with those used by prior administrations. I don't think that's what people are wondering. I'm wondering why the heck aren't you going to probably, you know, the first coronation of a king uh, uh, in the royal family in more than 70 years? Uh, Jill Biden tweeted on Thursday as she left Joint Base Andrews, it's an honor to represent the United States. Why is she representing us? For this historic event and celebrate the special relationship between our countries. So special that we left Joe at home so he doesn't embarrass us. (laughs) I don't think she said that. No, I, I, I yeah, made that part of it. I think you had that uh, part of it. <laughs> President Biden called the king in April to tell him that Jill Biden would attend the coronation on behalf of the U.S. And former, Donald Tr- uh, former President Donald Trump said it was very disrespectful for Biden to turn down the invite and send her instead. All right, more news, a little more sports. We'll wrap it up when we get back for a Thursday live from Studio 6B. start this segment by um, singing um, happy birthday to you oh do you want your happy you birthday to you happy birthday to Zen Jr. even though you're going to get killed in golf and Ed's going to throw you <laughs> off the team when he finds somebody else happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you wow <laughs> oh that was good happy birthday to uh, to Zen Jr. big oh, birthday today I think he's uh, 52. No, I'm just kidding. I think he's like 20. <laughs> no. uh, I don't know how old he is. He's in his 20s. He's he might a young... 52 after being on the road with Harry. So... <laughs> <laughs> That'll eat you. That'll eat you. Uh, that is the comment of the night. Yes, exactly right. Fran knows. <laughs> uh, he's a young strapping lad, though. He's a very handsome young strapping lad. He is. Yes, and he he's is. doing a great, fantastic job. Uh, with this network and having to put up with Harry on the highway, which again, as like friend nails will make you feel 52. So, yes. Uh, but happy birthday to uh, Zen Jr. So, um, and I, I sent him a happy birthday message this morning. You want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is riveting television. It, but, it wasn't uh, you singing again, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't right. me singing. But then I want to hear it. Then I want to hear it. This is, what, this is what it sounded like. <laughs> I thought you said it wasn't you singing. Uh, no, it wasn't me singing. <laughs> so that's what I sent. I'm sure that got his day off to a great start. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I thinking, oh my god, Can I block this guy. I can't wait to see what he sends you. 
Well, my birthday just passed, so he's going to have to wait a whole oh, another year. Oh, when was your birthday? Well, my birthday was last Friday. Where the hell were you? No, where the hell were you? Oh, I wasn't here. Yeah, you weren't here. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, let me be the, be the last to say, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. There you go. So. You're welcome. Um, all right, let's do uh, let's do a little more sports before we oh but no, let's do this first before we do sports because I want everybody to um, have at least a good seven minutes here before we leave to tell me what in the blue hell she is saying. <laughs> and you know when I speak with small business owners and entrepreneurs, some of our younger small business owners actually self-identify as entrepreneurs. They're small business owners also. <laughs> But we'll go with whatever you like. Small business owner entrepreneurs. <laughs> that she smoked moron. with sitting behind her. I know. <laughs> what? What is she talking about? She doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> I, I, I just don't even... They self-identify. Because that's the thing, Damon. Oh, don't you know God. you have to now identify yourself as something? I guess. All right, let's do some sports. Before we wrap it up, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and my pillow. Slick Rick, it's not easy being green, as Kermie said. <laughs> That's right. What's going on, sports? All right, well, let's get the final NHL hockey playoff East second round game two. What do you know? Florida Panthers heading back south to the great state of Florida, up 3 2 over the Toronto Maple Leafs. That, was, that game went final just a few minutes ago, and uh, well, game three will be on uh, Saturday. And the Kraken and Stars just getting underway. There's a 9 30 puck. Drop. I don't see any update on that, so maybe they're running a little bit behind. Lakers and Warriors in a good one, 36-35. Nine minutes to go in the second quarter. That's game two. Lakers also looking to leave town with a 2-0 lead as they head out of San Francisco. So we'll keep an eye on that. Those are the only two playoff games in action. More action tomorrow night. A couple of quick stories, Big D. Well, World Cycling Organization reopening discussions on trans athletes after concerns from women over on fairness, Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart, the worldwide governing body of cycling competitions, Union Cyclist International, UCI, has announced that it will reconsider its lenient transgender policies in light of a rise of concerns from natural-born female cyclists who say allowing men claiming to be women to compete as women is unfair. In the wake of yet another man winning a woman's title, UCI will revisit its policies and may have a decision about altering the rules by August. The UCI's objective remains the same, to take into consideration consideration in the context of the evolution of our society, the desire of transgender athletes to practice cycling, the group said. Uh, the UCI also hears the voices of female athletes and their concerns about an equal playing field for competitors and will take into account all elements, including the evolution of scientific knowledge. Follow the science, big day. Uh, female races, though, have begun speaking out uh, as more and more men take women out of the winner's circle. Recently, 35-time champion Hannah Aronsman announced that she is quick Quitting her sport after watching a one, uh, as one male-born cyclist wins one woman's title after another, Aronsman revealed her retirement in a court filing supporting West Virginia's Save Women's Sports Law, which bars transgender athletes from choosing their own gender categories in the state schools. You know, 
this is a, a be another real benchmark decision, landmark decision, if you will, um, if they if they do go that way. I mean, it's got to stop. I mean, it's just common sense is all I'm talking yeah. about here. That's all these women are asking for. But we've talked about it many times on the show. They've got to come together. They've got to ban, yeah. and they've got to say no or we go. Right. Simple as that. Think about it. If you're lining up uh, 100 women to, to race bikes and uh, you've got a transgender in there, and the hundred women stepped back from the line and said, "No, nope, we're not going to race." You got one person, yeah. one. That's you know, it. Rick, you cycle. You who's, know. Who, who's worth more? Uh, I think the women are worth. More. Absolutely. Megan Kelly's been making some very aggressive arguments to this. I, I think she's actually been. I, I really like what she's doing on her show since she left there. Yeah. I like. Do you watch it? You watch her a little? No, uh, but I hear she's it's not she's, little, by the way. It's yeah, she, she's like audience. number two or something. She's got a huge show now. Yeah, well, she puts these clips on social media, and I, I mean, I, I like a lot of what I hear of what she she's she's pushing this hard. Yep, they uh, need to. She's like, enough is enough. I mean, I'm just sorry, but enough is enough. Well, I read that tweet last night, right? About uh, you're not just seeing the Bud Light thing is the most successful one, but you're seeing American pushback. The American people are really settled on this. Yeah. So. All right, what else in sports Absolutely. look, Rick? Um, that's a big deal. That's a wrap in sports. I, mean, I have a, uh, something about Deontay Wilder getting picked up on a gun charge. He got arrested, but yeah, former heavyweight champion. But, but think, yeah, water's yeah. wet. So yeah, okay. Exactly. Same old, um, same old. John Kirby was in the press briefing room today, and he was asked a bunch of stuff about Sudan and things like that. And then there was one final question. Um, well, I didn't. he didn't seem to have an answer for it. Roll that, Aaron. Uh, John, I, I've got a question about the uh, House Oversight Committee subpoena that was issued yesterday. Um, it's seeking an FBI document from 2020 that, uh, quote, describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Sweating. Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. decisions. Uh, what, what's the White no. House's response to this serious corruption allegation? I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department on that. I, I have nothing for you on that today. No, do you know what, this is, what country this pertains to or what policy decision? I have nothing for you, sir. I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department, and I'm getting the hook. <laughs> <laughs> getting the hook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting the hook, all right. Getting the hook. I'm out. Hook in your mouth. Yep. Yeah, yeah hey, fish. Corinne Jean-Pierre's going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get the hook. Yeah, she's good at that. So, well, yeah. again, we started the show. I want to remind you to go to Justin News or go to our social media. Um, John Solomon's breaking news tonight. On this 51 letter, just keeps getting worse. Just keeps getting the. It just really, it just keeps getting more in your face. Right. It's just big. It's just really two big middle fingers to all of you consistently on all this to say, what are you peons going to do about it? Right. Nothing. We're in your face, and we'll continue to do it, and you'll do nothing. And that's basically what it is. Yeah. On Speak. the most basic level, at least that's the level that I see it at. Speaking of in your face, I got one quick news story for you. Yeah. Um, this coming from the New York Post, it turns out a giant, um, 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 uh, Wiener? Any of you kids want another wiener? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's that? Something like that. What's going on right now? <laughs> Something like that <laughs> happened over in Nuts. the UK. Cocky pranksters had mowed a giant, uh, wang onto the famous grounds of the Royal Crescent in Bath, England, where the major coronation party is set to be thrown in just two days. Residents awoke to the morning um, glaring obvious thing trimmed into the lush grass, and it's unclear if law enforcement is handling the case. You know what's funny is I actually saw this, and I was thinking, "Ah, now we don't need to report. Who's crazy enough to report on that? Oh, I forgot! You gotta see the picture. 
As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, uh, Aaron. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, though, thank you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night on a Friday night. <laughs> Look at those. Oh, my God. <laughs>